Welcome back, everyone. Um, welcome to Technically Managing episode 14. Episode 14. It's I got started. it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where we're technically managing in our jobs as product managers and also technically managing at life. I'm Zachary Telke. And I'm Ram Murakami. <laughs> That's probably about as official as will be this whole conversation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, like, I always feel weird doing the official thing, but... Yeah, it's officially unofficial. It's technically official, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we moved these to now. We used to be doing these every two weeks. And now um, this is our first one doing it every month. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how we like it. Like, I found, what was your thoughts preparing for this? Because I did find that I was a little bit more relaxed like, yeah relaxed or I'm like okay I have more topics I can talk about mm-hmm. especially because I've been like working a lot the past month leading up to cloud world mm-hmm. so it's like what's been new it's like well I've been focusing on this one thing for like 40 hours and this other thing for 40 hours and like that's about it like having yeah a whole month I feel like will give us some more material at least for now maybe we'll change at some point but that's kind of like I think it'll be good just to give us a bit more breathing room without feeling pressure I think something that I want to do is since it's a month there's a lot to cover but at the same time if you ask me right now what I've been working on I forget I only <laughs> know what I've been working on right now you know so I think I'm going to start making a list of things that I'm working like while I'm working on that, I'm like, oh, I'm struggling with this or, oh, this is my thought about this. I'm going to have a technically managing section in my one notebook so that I can start writing things down. But it's been a very long month, to be honest. So I think it was a good idea because we will definitely deliver better topics, you know, for a future podcast. And, um, it gives us more time to definitely give better quality for sure. You know, I feel like a lot of it isn't even like we didn't have things to talk about. I just we feel like having another thing about. on our plate was just like slowly driving us to it yeah. wasn't like this specifically, but it's just like the mountain of a thousand pebbles. Um, yep. No, but yeah, I've been like keeping notes in my note app on my phone and I've been kind of like spreading them out a bit more. Uh, so if you're like starting doing that, I found that to be helpful. Yep. But I know I refuse to. <laughs> you, I feel like do you like getting the topics beforehand because I don't. I like did not give you my notes this morning, and I'm just like I don't want to have to explain how yeah. my brain works unfiltered. Like this is going to be a little bit cryptic and whatever. <laughs> so how's life been? I feel like I haven't spoken to you so long. I know we've opened like pretty heads down. Um, it's actually. It's been like I've been working my butt off and like I can get into this. I feel like I'm in the eye of like the storm right now. Uh, (laughs) Where like the two weeks before this were like insane. But I like this morning, the beginning of my week was pretty busy. Mm -hmm. I woke up like I finished my day at five and I'm like, okay, just like relaxed. Woke up at about like 536, went to the gym like feel very loose like got the laundry going I'm just like in a good organized spot so I was like pretty tired yesterday but I'm very 
calm at the moment Mm -hmm. and that makes like that's making me feel good like I feel like I'm finally starting to get under control Mm -hmm. in like both personal and work um and I think like I just need to focus on being in that space leading up to cloud world in three weeks because just for people who are listening or watching um this will be out next Tuesday it's currently Thursday August 31st so like the last day of the month and mm-hmm. cloud world it will be the 18th through the 21st of September so that's right around the corner yep yeah so like what about you kind of like what's like what's your headspace because you won't be at cloud world but you've been like mm-hmm. also working on a lot of stuff related to that I'm guessing that's kind of been your main focus too yeah I think after dealing with all of the updating live labs and making sure that everything looks good and keeping up with all the deadlines, it's gotten better for me for sure because I get to focus on other things now. I'm not a presenter, you know, so I get to look at other things that is better for me now because Cloud World was driving me a, a smile bit. on your face saying <laughs> that you don't have like from people who are just like listening for me just like looked out the window like hopefully hopefully with a smile on her face that was like more genuine than one I've seen in so long where you're just like that is other people's problems and I could I, not be happier about that I, I'm about ready to pass on that baton no because Sometimes I do get a little tired of focusing on only one thing for a very long time, you know, and we prepare for cloud world very early on. And still, you know, we we still feel like there's things that we have to catch up and actually work on until the day of cloud world. So I know I'm going to get some other things probably to, you know, fix or whatever, but it feels so good to kind of say, okay, I can cross this out of my list. And it's a huge thing, right? So then now I can focus on other stuff that I enjoy or that at least is like newer to me, you know, because I feel like I've been focusing in just one thing and it gets too repetitive. And part of product management is that you get to work on a lot of different things, right? So you're never bored. So yeah, it's being better for sure right compared to the last time we spoke i actually also started my little routine where i wake up early i go to the gym i wasn't doing that and i think that is definitely part of why you get in a better mood i've also been um trying to meditate a little bit you know after my gym i go outside and i you know do some breathing exercises for like five minutes i journal a little bit and then i start work So that has helped me a lot mentally, to be honest, because sometimes you get overwhelmed and you stop caring about yourself that much, you know? So it is important to even like think about, wow, I'm going to take some time to actually breathe, you know, because, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like sitting with my eyes closed and I'm breathing and I'm like, oh, I need to do this at work. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. This is my time. In five minutes, it's a long time when you're not thinking about anything. But it is so, it's helped me so much, to be honest. So if you don't do breathing exercises, I would definitely recommend you to do that because it's important. I'm glad you're saying this too. Because like Montana and I have these conversations Mm -hmm. where we're just like, 
are we like losing our mind that like we have to remind ourselves sometimes to breathe yeah I think that's just like an adult thing with responsibilities where it's like mm-hmm. hey kids like out there if you're if you're listening to this and you're like high school or college like one of the best skills that you'll learn that you're like you don't have to worry about now is like when you get older just like oh yeah I have to breathe in between like all yeah. the chaos of stuff especially if you have like a pretty like high pressure job mm-hmm. exactly yeah I, and it helps you with stress management for sure like I've felt the change in the two weeks that I've been doing this so that doesn't mean that I still don't get stressed out at work sometimes when something is not working or I don't know, I have a roadblock or something, but at the end of the day, like you also have to learn how to disconnect, you know, whenever you're done with work, you're done with work and that's it. Even though Zach has caught me looking at my computer at 9.30 PM because I'm checking something really quick. <laughs> oh, you were checking something quick. I was still online. Like, <laughs> don't, don't go acting like I'm the one like calling you out and you're secretly like, I'm, not, I'm like secretly being way worse about it. Yeah, you were pretty bad even during your time off. So I know I need to I need to talk about the webinar I did last week because that's like a Mm -hmm. funny story. But no, just like you mentioning all the I guess you'd call it the physical aspect of like the mind body spirit Mm -hmm. type thing. I get frustrated by how much you can't like those are very much like different domains where with my brain, I like to find the most efficient thing and the thing with like taking care of yourself physically is you can't like out you can't like clever your way into taking care of that need you just have to do it and Mm. like something that just reminded me of that is like just it's been very high pressure high stress a lot of good stuff going on and I've been like extremely excited so it's been a bit like an emotional roller coaster Mm. but I finally finished packing, like unpacking the apartment last weekend and just like looking at my office and not having there be clutter. I'm just like, I, my resting stress level is so much lower. And like, I knew I needed to do this. So it's not even like this was like some big mental surprise. It's just, it feels so many hours in a day, but, and it was like one of those things where it's like, I have to I have certain priorities and I can't drop the ball on certain things. So it's like, mm-hmm. I wish I could spend four hours today just finishing this off. I can't. So it's like, it is what it is. But once like you finally get it done, you're just like, oh uh, yeah, that was about as good as I thought it would be. Like that yeah. was very much needed. Yeah. There, there's some things that you don't have control over and it's okay. And you just have to let it go sometimes because I feel like we're very critical people of ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. We are always like, we need to be productive. We need to be gaining something out of whatever we spend our time on. And sometimes you just don't do that. And it's okay because it's time for yourself, you know? So yeah, spiritual journey towards being more healthy, towards ourselves, more kind, you know? So I'm glad that you're doing good, though, and I can tell that you're doing better, you know, and the movie situation overall is stressful anyways, but at least you're over all that stuff. I also feel like, I feel like, I mean, it's it's weird, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like since us starting to do public things and putting more of ourselves out there publicly, mm-hmm. there's almost this pull to be consistent. Mm -hmm. where you're like oh 
because like everyone like talks about brand and all that stuff and it's like at a certain level I can't be the most unhinged version of myself publicly like Mm -hmm. that I am like privately just silly wise but none of us can like there's a level of professionalism like we have just when we interact with society but yeah I also feel like we don't have to be as and I think this is just part of doing stuff like this like we're kind of learning the lessons as we go along but Mm -hmm. I also feel like you don't have to be so like in the box as you initially think you have to be and the kind and like yeah and like the kind of um get at where this is like coming from like I'll take my webinar as an example that I just did I did a webinar uh on SQL CL it was like a SQL CL 101 it's basically like a draft version of my cloud world presentation and I've just had so many different things, and like a bunch of different directions I've needed to focus on, like all very important deadlines. And getting ready for this webinar, I was like working around the clock right up until like the day of the webinar. Like I think, I don't know if I should, nah, it's like, it's not bad I'm saying this because it went well and mm-hmm. this isn't how I normally behave. It's just kind of like, Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yep. It was two and a half hours before the actual webinar presentation that my slide deck was finally like finalized. Oh, I think you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And I only had those like two and a half hours to, I mean, I was like practicing along the way by building it, but that was like the only time I had to just focus in on getting the reps in saying it out loud like start to finish Mm -hmm. myself and that was probably the most like under pressure I've been since some moments in college yep and on (laughs) one hand I'm like that's that was like let's not that was a little too close for comfort like let's not do that again anytime soon Mm -hmm. but then there was a level of just after I finally like unplugged got away from everything afterwards there was just this level of calm and it kind of reminded myself, I'm like, I do have a bit of a masochistic side where (laughs) I'm uncomfortable if I'm doing things that like, let's just say aren't that big of hurdles that like everyone can do. But Mm -hmm. when I'm doing something that's like essentially of kind of like diving into the deep end and swimming like all the way to the other side of the lake and like not not that many people like are able to do things under like those kinds of constraints Mm -hmm. that's kind of what like gets me off a little bit where like I like that like I like doing hard things (laughs) and it sucks leading up to it but I think one like just because we talk about what we do and we're trying to be as like honest as possible about like what goes into our jobs and just advancing your careers in your twenties. I feel like by try if I were to say, try to just present it as like, Oh, there's just like the public stable version of Zach. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the private, like human where it's like, we have emotions, we go ups and like, we have our ups and downs. Right. That would be like an inauthentic picture because I kind of like pushing myself until I almost break because I learn more <laughs> about myself that way. And it's like, yeah, it's not pretty when we get like right to like the breaking part, but like, then you get away from it. And like you're more resilient and all that. And it's like, yeah, I'm going through like whatever, like the seven stages of grief, like the grief along the way of that journey. But, and you're like, like, there I are some like, I wish I would have done this like, earlier. <laughs> what? 
you're like, I wish I would have done this earlier, but then at the same time, oh, you're yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're like beating yourself up. You're like, why didn't we do this earlier? It's like, we did this as early as we could. We had other stuff going on. You know that. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, just, you're just like fighting with all the different versions of yourself. But I don't, I don't know. I think I kind of, on reflection of that, and just thinking about where I'm at in my career, what it means to like do what we do and the fact that we are kind of positioning ourselves to get more comfortable in the professional setting being public I'm like oh I don't have to like I can be a human being I don't have to like always be like everything's going great and just we've even had podcast moments where on retrospect I get very I'm trying to think of a right word probably like some version of worried like not worried but Mm-hmm. It's something that concerns me, just those moments of like, oh, is it a bad thing that we showed that like we're struggling this week? Like, we don't want like you don't want to like give the impression that like you're burnt out or it's like mm-hmm. it says this about this, like your in- situation or environment, people overreading things that aren't there. But right. it's like, no, I, f- I feel like there's almost a bit of. every, And I think the social media age like contributes to this. Mm-hmm. And I forget, it might have been Montana I was talking to about this, but like basically someone was like saying how they have to remind themselves that everyone's like lives isn't perfect because so many people just default to like the everything's going great. So it feels like, mm-hmm. oh, if you're going to do something public, it has to be like the everything's like right. all smiles and right and dandy. But I'm like, I feel like that's that's doing people a disservice who actually want to learn how to do things because mm-hmm. like that's like one of the things that we have going for us. It's not that we like know everything. It's like, hey, we're going on this journey. And the time that it is the easiest to communicate and share like what this journey is like, and we might not even fully understand what we're saying or going through is in the moment. And I don't know. It's like, I've always been inspired when people are like, oh no, this is going to suck and it's going to be hard, but like, it's going to be worth it. So like, I feel like being more comfortable just sharing those ups and downs, it it just leads to a a more fuller picture. And like, at the end of the day, it's like, if I actually had a problem with the way that we worked Mm -hmm. and like what we did, it's like, I've had this, like, I've had these conversations with like, like Jeff, my manager, like coworkers, Mm -hmm. friends, family and stuff. I, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing isn't because someone's forcing me to, I'm doing, because at the end of the day, even though I want to like, like complain about it sometimes just because yeah. we've had enough it's like I'm doing it because I want to and it's like I I get excited about when I accomplish something I'm like oh like we did this it's like mm-hmm. well if I can do that I can definitely do like these things now like even with the you webinar level. <laughs> yeah like even with the webinar like I got out of that and I'm like okay I was scared shitless there mm-hmm. and that was like wait it, it literally felt like a truck was going by and I almost got hit by it and I like <laughs> just like whoop, got out of way like the last second but guess what because that was so scary mm-hmm. the kind of attitude I have now is it's not that bad <laughs> Wild world's not going to be bad now because right. I have more than two and a half hours to like get exactly. this thing and like the webinar was successful where it's like I watched people can check it out um we'll put the link in the description it's on mm-hmm. one of oracle's channels it's and it's like good thing I like got it together too because it's like already up to like 450 views and like it's four crazy. days so but part of the reason why I was like up to the wires because I wanted to be as good as possible but like because I did that I'm like okay 
Cloud World's not going to be as bad because that You're was more of an intense challenge. Yeah. Right. That was a lot of word vomit, but. <laughs> In, no, I think it is important to show people that life is just not, oh my God, I'm happy in my job all the time, you know, mm -hmm. because overall, I feel like we are happy with our jobs, you know, like at least me, I know you are too, like you're proud of everything you do, but there's times where things get hard, you know, and I think it happens in any job, you know, like whoever says that they've never worked like over 40 hours in one week, it's lying. I'm sorry, but it is lying, right? There are two types of people in the world. And this is my hot take of the day. It's like you have your 40, like your 40 hours. Mm -hmm. And this isn't like a one's better than the other. It's like people have different priorities, yeah. different points of their life, different goals, etc. As a disclaimer. Mm -hmm. But like uh -huh. you have the people who are like, okay, I think in terms of the clock in the day and when it hits, I need to be here and do this thing at this certain time. Mm -hmm. And when it hits this time, I can turn my brain off. That's like not what we do. Like, and I feel like our version is more like we have to do these things. No one really cares how or when it gets done or like the time commitment. But like, it's like a different type of game, which can get pretty intense. Yeah. Like, for example, I have weeks where I have to work over 40 hours because I want to deliver, you know, like, and I don't want to just deliver. I want to do it right. Right. So yeah, I'll put a little more pressure on myself, you know? And then there's other weeks where I can just clock out uh, with my 40 hours, you know? And it's just the reality of things, you know? And I, I'm like, am I happy when I have to work long hours? No, I'm, it's, I'm tired, you know? Yeah. But at the end, that like reward of saying, wow, that looks good, you know? There's <laughs> like that deeper satisfaction where it's like, Sometimes I feel like sometimes it's not the case. We're like, no, that sucked. And like that, like it just, it was terrible period. But there are times, and I would say it's this more often than the other, where you're mm -hmm. like, that sucked. But the satisfaction I had is like. Right, exactly. That's the thing. So there's times where I like, normally if I stay longer at work is because I'm like in the zone and I don't want anything to cut my zone and I'm getting somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm like, damn, at the end when I'm done, I'm like, wow, it sucks that I spent so much time on this, you know? But when I'm done, I'm like, wow, like this was so rewarding. This was amazing. I learned something new. So like the same way as you felt when you did the webinar, it's like I unlocked a new level. Now I can do this with my eyes closed because probably I had to do it like 20,000 times because something went wrong, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> no, but in speaking of like doing things with your eyes closed and, ha and like getting to that level of prepared, I literally had to do that the other week where I went on um, a trip to Dallas to present to this like one customer mm -hmm. on stage. I still had like three content slides left and my laptop battery just died at that point. And I like, this was my first time presenting on stage, like in person, um, actually like ever at Oracle actually, cause we were like COVID babies starting out this company. So most of our stuff is zoom. And like, I don't think from what I remember and I'm like, I don't think I like, I like missed a beat at all. I'm just like, well, this is in my, I literally have these slides memorized. So it's like, I can't, tell you every single detail on it but i'm like here's the general gist here's where you can go find this diagram i was going to show you and i was able to like, keep it going i'm like oh that's 
the reason why that went successfully is because like you're at a level of prepared where like chaos and the unknown can come and you're like no like even though i wasn't thinking this would happen i understand this at a level that it's like i can like go with the tide because there's gonna be unexpected things sometimes so what i've learned this week and last week i think was i want to be able to present on graph and spatial with my eyes closed so Mm -hmm. even if i don't have a presentation i'm planning on studying one presentation you know so that i can just do it without even blinking because i see people like my manager or people in my team and they can do a presentation like nothing you know like it doesn't even face them and then it's me um where if my manager were to tell me, hey, you need to present tomorrow, even though I've done so many videos and, you know, I've read all of like our stuff multiple times before being published, right? I'm still like, oh my God, no, I really have to present, like prepare before I present, you know? So that's my goal. And I think that's important, especially when you're starting your career, because for PMs, it is important to be a good presenter, you know? And it is important to make it sound natural. Um like I, for example, rely a lot on my notes right now when I present. I make my notes very good, right? I want them to be perfect so that when I'm presenting, even if I'm not reading them, because I kind of memorize them since I like, you know, repeated multiple times, I still think it's better to be natural, right? So that's one of my goals for the next couple of months to memorize not memorize, but feel comfortable with a spatial presentation and with a graph presentation so that so that if one day someone comes to me and they're like, hey, we need someone to present this right now. I'm like, OK, I'm ready and feeling comfortable. Is there anything because you're kind of shifting this mindset away from. I'm thinking specifically just in terms of what I need to memorize in conjunction with like the slides or whatever material I have. Is there, it could be things, this could be something that you're planning on doing or something that you've already started implementing. Is there any like, say, mindsets or like principles or rules that you're making for yourself in terms of how you're going to differ that preparation style between like, yeah, let's say slide complementary understanding versus full eyes closed knowledge of the topic and presentation? I think... Okay, I I don't know if I understood your question correctly, Mm -hmm. but I want to say that I will definitely have slides that no matter what we we need to present, right? They're always there because you need that concept, right? To understand, for example, graphs, right? Then there's always different people watching your presentation, right? Like different personas or different industries, right? So I will definitely have to change a couple of things, you know, but I do want to be comfortable with the introduction slides right where this is the first time you're listening about our technology and we're just presenting it to you so that's like my goal did i answer your question i'm not sure yeah i guess like a more like now that i have it formulated in my head a more streamlined version of the question Mm -hmm. is like is there anything that you're changing in how you prepare for presentations Mm -hmm. either that you want that you're going to start doing that you've done already Mm -hmm. um to get to that like eyes closed level like Let's just like mm-hmm. think of it in terms of how you've prepared for presentations up until this point. 
versus mm-hmm. now you have this goal of I want to basically like know this on a level where I can quote unquote like do with my eyes closed. How do you differ in say getting ready for that type of like shift? I feel like I haven't thought about that, but I do want to turn my notes into just bullet points where I'm just like, you know what, for this presentation, I have to highlight these things, you know, for this specific customer or audience in general. So that would be my main goal, right? Just shifting from having a not like literally a script to just bullet points that I can change really quick. So that's kind of my goal. What do you think about that? (laughs) No, that's like, that's kind of like an, I would say in line with how I think is when I started shifting towards that, let's make this natural, able to, I guess, be more flowy in terms of it. Mm -hmm. I was like thinking about how I used to do it versus now. I would say like what I've been doing lately that seems effective Mm -hmm. is I like to prepare a script that Mm -hmm. is more like every word is succinct and like in the perfect situation if I could get like everything just the way I want here are all the exact words that I would use because like I like being very specific when I'm able to and my brain's not tired and I'm prepared with Mm -hmm. my wording but as I get like closer to say the actual thing I kind of go from like here's the script to like Mm -hmm. the bullet point mode where I go when I'm live and on stage being natural is important it there is more value in being that like there's value in getting every word right and this is like taking another conversation I was having yesterday getting every word right is kind of like playing an instrument where you're getting there's like a level of like what's the word like just frequency and harmony when you hit all the notes at the right points mm-hmm. so there is that bit of like the scientific like breakdown of specific wording that is good and there is value there mm-hmm. but at the end of the day if you're so worried about that you could do it at the jet like the detriment of being natural and it's better to say being able to like generate in live time where if you get all the words exactly right that's great but if you can say dance around the topic let's call it podcast style where it's like we come in here knowing generally what we're gonna say Mm -hmm. but we don't know exactly what we're gonna say that's like a skill itself and like I noticed doing the webinar and like doing the live presentation Mm -hmm. the skills that were allowing me to keep my cool and those environments were things that I learned specifically from doing this podcast mm-hmm. where like when I go on, like when I went on stage or like when I did the webinar, when I used to do presentations as a kid, I would have like be super focused on every single word where like I couldn't say anything off script because I was using mm-hmm. all of my brain power. Just keep that like active memory of like da, 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 da. But now when I like go up, I kind of go up with like a blank slate brain where it's like subconsciously I've been getting the reps in and I'm kind of, I'm trying to prepare myself to say everything exactly the way I want, Mm -hmm. but it's better for me to say, like, be able to go, here's the bullet point in my mind, dance around that topic and talk about it naturally 
than mm-hmm. it is to have than it is to like hyper obsess on your specific wording and then get thrown off beat when you Someone don't do everything you perfectly. Yeah. Or you mess up a word. Yeah, I totally understand what mm-hmm. you're saying. It is hard because when you mess up that wording, you lose all your flow. So you're like, oh. So it's it is important to be able to be natural. Um, I feel like the main thing that I do want to have super, super in my head is the messaging, right? There's every solution has a messaging and it is important to put it in your own words so that it is more natural for you to say it. But I feel like that's one thing that I want to work on. And then the rest, put it in my own style, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like that specific word stuff is kind of, it reminded me of a conversation that we were having, like we've had before in different degrees, which is like the whole, like, we have to be specific talking about tech, mm-hmm. but because we're so worried about not saying anything inaccurate, mm-hmm. we're just, it's very easy for people in our like profession to just go like, here's all the information. And like, thank God everything is accurate. It's like, well, did you deliver it properly? And like being able to get the messaging down, like that was like walking away from the webinar, something that I was like happy with was although watching it back a couple of times and seeing it's like, okay, I can be a bit more smooth and flowy with the delivery. That was just due to first time actually running through it live, like in front of a real audience. And also just due to like time constraints, like, um, Despite that, the structure there, I'm really happy and excited with. And the story and message that I'm telling, I think, is like a really good one that I just need to polish at this point leading up to Cloud World. And my mom actually like texted me about this morning and she said something that like kind of stuck with me. Oh, yeah. Her message was, I watched, listened to your webinar this morning. Awesome job. Loved your slides and creativity. It made it interesting for a non-tech person like me. That's awesome. Um, and putting aside that, like, this is my mom. It's like, just play devil's advocate. She's going to like hype me up no matter what. She did specifically mention, like, the fact that she specifically mentioned, like, a non-tech person like me. Mm-hmm. That's something that, at least for the way that I approach my tech career, has always been something that resonates me with me. Because, like, kind of like the podcast, we create and work with things Mm -hmm. that reach such a wide array of people from such like different backgrounds mindsets ideologies values etc that one of our hardest challenges being like who do we resonate with and why Mm -hmm. and there's something about like the fact that she used the word for a non-tech person like me Mm -hmm. that it like it made me kind of go into my brain like well I feel like there's such in our jobs, this desire and insecurity where we're all trying to prove that we're tech people. And it's like this big rat race where there's always going to be someone who understands things more technically than you. And -hmm. there will be these like people who could like, like you could be like pretty confident. And like, there are people who are so smart and know their shit that like the only thing keeping them from embarrassing you about Mm -hmm. your level of knowledge is just them being nice people. Yeah, but like, so even though we have this desire to go, like, oh, being a tech person, 
to tech people. We need to like reach the right like developers or this tech like stakeholder group. It's always about like getting to the tech people, communicating to the tech people. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what's what's the value of the non-tech person? I'm like, I I think that's actually like the non-tech people are actually the tech people that we need to reach out to. Right. Because you're not going to call yourself a tech person on a topic until you understand it. Like once you already understand the thing, you're the tech person. And it's like, that's great. It's like, you can go like pat yourself on the back. I now know enough about this to feel confident. I can proudly say I'm a tech person, but those people don't need these presentations. They don't need us to like teach them about these topics because they already know it. Like our audience is the non-tech person because the non-tech person is the person who's trying to learn how to be more technical. So like the way that like I phrase it and we've talked, like we've mentioned this also is like peanut butter pilling it. It's why we talk about like the technical side of our job, but this isn't just us going technical hardcore the whole time. Cause after about like five, 10 minutes, everyone would glaze over because no matter how interested you are in this topics, you can only go at such a high frequency for so long before you burn out your brain. Mm-hmm. So you need to make it fun. Like you need to wrap things in these stories. You need to be able to have people walking away going, you know what? I don't remember every single technical detail from what was just presented to me because yep. who does? We This was the first, that's not how you learn. This was the first time you got exposed to information. You need reinforcements. But if you can like tell the story, do the messaging, like make a good peanut butter pill, they'll ha- be put in the right place where they can walk away from it with the right associations in their brains and like symbolisms of like what this means and what it represents and like where to go from here. And like, I think that's going to be my favorite presentation I give at cloud world. Cause like I walked away from that. I'm like, this still needs a little bit more work, but I think there's like a real opportunity to kind of like tap into that intuition that I think I have. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that it's like, when I was learning, I was the definition of a non-tech person. Like I was a finance background person going like, okay, I want a job at Oracle. How do I do that? You should mm-hmm. probably learn some tech. Well, it's like <laughs> the people, yeah, the people who don't know it are the ones who want to learn. Right. And I, I feel like the more that I learn technically, the more I'm trying to like always make sure I don't forget about that beginner's mindset and go like, oh no, I only need to like present to people like this level or this level. It's like, no, no, it's like, those kind of the people you're quote unquote trying to impress that's that's a bit of a different game and thing than what you're trying to accomplish by teaching on a subject yeah i think it is it's very needed for us to have non-technical people it is Mm -hmm. because we do bring a totally different perspective um, of course, we need the technical people, no matter what, right? But in a presentation, it is nice to plant a seed, right? And it's nice to have it so that anyone can understand. Yes, I mean, probably if you see me in a presentation, you're probably going to think, oh, this is not technically enough or whatever. But for at the end of the day, I feel like technology exists because we're trying to solve problems you know and those are those could be like human problems those could be business problems I don't know but it is important for 
I feel like the people that are making those business decisions are not technical always, right? And most of the time, I would say they're not in general. Exactly. That's not an absolute statement, but yeah, probably not, right? And or here's here's a more accurate way of phrasing that. Even if you are a technical person who's mm -hmm. on the management strategy decision making side, mm -hmm. you don't have the bandwidth to understand and learn every single aspect and mm -hmm. keep up with every single aspect of what you are responsible for. And you have to rely on the people who dedicate themselves to making sure that they are completely up to date on a topic because there's more information of what we deal with than mm -hmm. the human brain can contain. So you need to rely on that delegation. Exactly. So I think it is important for everyone to understand. And I always appreciate even like the storytelling when you go back home and you're like, oh, I can link this to a regular life, you know, um, story and I can get, get the, the general understanding of it. I think that is so important and so impactful for anyone that's attending a, a presentation in general. And I ask a lot of questions, a lot of questions. <laughs> and I'm very scared of asking questions when I'm talking to developers because I'm like, oh my God, like, the way I'm asking the question is like, uh, does that thing do this? And why does this thing do that? You know, type of thing. Like, it's so like non-technical, but I always apologize. I'm always like, hey, like I'm from looking at a non-technical <laughs> background uh, perspective type of person, right? Why do we do this like this? Or why don't we do this a little more like that? Because I'm, I'm just not understanding what's the point of that. And then they give me an explanation. Most of the time, okay, I will understand it, but it takes me a very long time because they're so technical, you know? And I'm like, yeah. Ugh. so like, I feel like I ask a lot of questions, but when I'm talking to developers, I'm very scared of asking questions because I'm like, wow, like I probably sound stupid, you know? <laughs> no, the best moments are when you ask someone something that like you, you don't even understand what you're asking so much that yes. you break their brain for like, you end up just confusing them and it takes them like, a hot sec just to like recompose themselves like do you actually mean this and you're like oh yeah that one and it's just like you just you don't them, understand how many just, like see in their eyes that you just like sent them down like a rabbit hole of like trying to literally like, like you, you don't know down the wrong i've asked a question and they've answered me maybe something different and then i'm like okay i'm not gonna ask again because clearly i don't even know how to ask the question you know but I feel like even the fact that we have the cloud now, that is a little more for non-technical, I feel like it's easier for non-technical pe people to get more comfortable with the cloud compared to on-prem. You can see that it is important to have non-technical people, you know, because we are trying to make technology available for non-technical people. If you go in the cloud, command line, you, you lost me, you lost me. And I am, Right now, I'm trying to do some command line and I'm struggling, you know, but in the cloud, everything is so much more human readable, you know. So if you're not technical and you want to get into IT, there is a place for you, for sure. And there is value. And technical people also appreciate when you go back to them and you tell them, hey, why is this 
don't like this. Can you explain it to me? They love explaining things, you know, and that's like the best part of it. And I'm not going to lie. When I see people explaining super complex things to me, I'm like, wow, I, I want to get to that level. It's inspiring. You know? Like seeing people, yeah. like I get motivated by seeing people who know more than me where it's like you go through that like, oh, shoot, like that, like surprise then like insecurity then like that fire of like oh like I don't know as much as I think I know but I want to be able to like know that like every time I feel stupid about asking a question I'm like I'm not gonna be stupid anymore after this answer because I'm really gonna make sure that I understand what he's saying you know the tech industry will make your ego feel like a roller coaster <laughs> where it's just like just these ups and downs of like I know nothing. I am like worthless. Why do people even pay me for anything to like, no, I'm doing great. Like I just killed this thing. We're doing, oh, and now we're back to like the self-hatred. No, literally, literally. But going back to like presentation and stuff, if someone just like bombards me with a lot of technical terminology and everything, I'm lost, you know? And it is very heavy to listen to a very, very technical presentation. Like people that do very technical presentations and make those presentations engaging, they, they have an ability, to be honest, because that is really hard. Yeah. And I feel like even to kind of like add another layer of clarification to this, to kind of use more specific wording versus like technical and non-technical, mm -hmm. like especially like what I've been talking about of the whole like gearing presentations towards quote unquote non-technical people. Like mm -hmm. I think a more specific word is less technical mm -hmm. because I'm not, I mean, there are, there's space for your one-on-ones, mm -hmm. but not every presentation should be, needs to be, or will be a one-on-one. Like, right. but, but all presentations you do, you're trying to teach someone information that, they shouldn't they know. know they don't know already because it's like if they know it why are you there wasting your time i mean yeah reinforcement but right you're you're hopefully supposed to be teaching them something they don't know and yeah. it just comes down to like there's something about the teaching method where when you're communicating at a level higher than a person's current understanding that's how you get them to grow mm -hmm but you also can only go so much higher than them and the way that you do messaging effectively like is everything and being able to like make sure those communication packets are properly like getting sent across and right. it's it's also like you mentioning the cloud thing that was like a nice reminder to think about too because i would say it's like only been recently where i actually feel more comfortable on the command line Mm -hmm. and it's like what you'd expect like oh this is quicker more efficient more effective mm -hmm. but with learning I've like always said I'm like UI at least for me in the way that my brain is wired mm -hmm. having a user interface is a lot better for people starting out especially those who aren't already like adapting the command line like when you're already like let's just call it command line literate Mm -hmm. yeah you you'll learn other stuff from the command line at that point but like there's levels and stages to this game and i do think that having a good um ui like cloud mm -hmm. user interface type funnel for people to learn about a topic 
it just makes it that much easier to like have people progress at a good pace leading up to that like command line type experience that you'll get to which is great for the team that i'm on because we have both sql developer which is our user interface tool and sql cl which is the command line tool um but yeah like that that's always something that's kind of interesting to think about that like tiers to learning and where people are in different places of it yep also um just a side note for i know in oracle we do have like a course for linux and command line so i'm going to link that um link basically in the video but it goes through like zero to 100 and i am planning on taking that because i really need it (laughs) but it's free and it's very useful especially if you're planning on getting into it and you don't know command line just like me so yeah i will link that but Quick question. So what were the main differences between you presenting online and you presenting in person? Because I haven't presented in person. So I'm wondering, I'm curious. Yeah, I I got lucky because I made a guess about this while preparing and I mm-hmm. turned out to be right. The <laughs> biggest thing I was <laughs> patting myself on the back there. <laughs> I didn't mean that like that. Just... I, w- I want to know. I want to know though. What were you right on? What so was your guess? I had an idea. And turns out I was right and it went well. <laughs> no, like, I hate, I hate that. But, um, no, like, <laughs> try to actually share it. Uh, <laughs> the thing I was most worried about was the fact that when we're giving presentations, usually over Zoom, most of the time we're sitting at our desk and we have like our environment's different. We have our desk space. We can say, have stuff up on your other monitor that helps assist you during a presentation. This mm-hmm. isn't like a school. No one's be like, you're cheating on a test. Um, you have certain things about your environments. That's a pro and con. Mm-hmm. The thing I was most worried about during this, uh, the live presentation was like the standing getting comfortable walking around, not just being like hiding behind the podium and Mm -hmm. knowing what the heck to do with my hands and where to look. So when I was like, that was a Monday, I drove up to Dallas at like 4.30 in the morning. Oh my. Monday morning. (laughs) It was, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like a three hour drive that ended up adding an extra 45 minutes to it due to an accident. Once I hit Dallas, it was actually like a great drive for, like the leaving Austin, there wasn't Austin traffic because it was too early. Just like driving in the countryside. Once I hit Dallas, just like 40 minutes on top of my thing. And I left like so much time. Um, but the weekend, like the weekend before that preparing, I was making sure that I like cleared my desk space away from my office. And I was doing the presentation standing, like letting myself like walk around, get comfortable with my hands and like where I look and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh and then basically like once I got there, I was good with that. So that was that was what I was worried about most that ended up being prepared for. I would say something that I learned from the presentation after being done that like I need to prepare not prepare more for in the future. Eh, yeah, like prepare more for in the future, but just kind of like in a learning experience way is shifting your brain, especially from when you're giving a live presentation, at least the way that I perceive it is when I'm giving a presentation on stage, I'm very much in my own world outside of making sure like I look at the different areas of the audience, like I'm not just 
focusing in one spot, I'm trying to tune out as much external stimulus as possible so mm-hmm. I can focus on like communicating the message I want and like having the presence I'm trying to give in that environment. When you go to the Q&A right after that, and you kind of get that like adrenaline dump of like, I just, I was very amped up. I gave the presentation, the presentation is done. Your body's like, woof. And then you start getting thrown questions. That's a very different brain mode to have to like quickly get to. Cause you're going from very internal world focused. Now it's like, oh, I have to be super focused on the external world. What is this person saying? What are they trying to like ask? Mm-hmm. Is what they're asking, is what the words they're saying, even the thing that I actually think they're trying to ask about. And I think someone, <laughs> I think someone asked me, like, the the presentation I was giving was about SQL CL Liquibase, um, our database, like, object automation tool. Mm-hmm. And I think the question was, like, along the lines of, if Liquibase runs an update on like a database object, like let's just say a table gets updated and columns get destroyed as process of it. Like Mm -hmm. you're updating a file that has that table, but with less columns in it. What happens to the data in it? And like the, the answer is simple column go bye-bye data gets destroyed. But just because I was like still kind of in like conversion disoriented (laughs) mode, I like overthought it so much where it's like, I like literally turned it to the exist like into an existential question where I'm like, where does data go when it dies? Like (laughs) heaven, hell, purgatory. Is there some like weird backup thing I'm not thinking about where like it gets put in the system? And Jeff was just like, the data gets destroyed. (laughs) Like, so I'm like, it was as simple as like I thought. It's it's like it's like those little things where given being in a comfortable and relaxed environment where you didn't just have to be on, you're like, no shit, I know this. But mm-hmm. just having to switch those brain modes so quickly, it was kind of funny because that was like a reminder. I'm like, oh, like this is a bit of a like a different mental monster where it's like, even though I know I know something, I have to be able to switch modes. I was talking to my mentor, Ron, um, yesterday about this. He's like, I've mentioned before, super impressive master principal enterprise architect at Oracle. And I'm like, how do you, and he's like, yeah, that's definitely a thing. I'm like, how do you like help with it? He's like three really deep breaths just to like physically reset your body as much as you can, like between the presentation and the Q and a, um, so I'm going to try that at Cloudworld. And I think only one of my presentations has a Q&A section. So that should make things a little bit easier. But that's kind of what I'm most worried about is like, especially when you're done a presentation. <laughs> and that was like one of the things I also noticed about doing it in person. I'm like, it's weird that you all just don't disappear and like <laughs> leave me alone once I'm done talking. I'm like, oh, I'm still like have to be on. I'm still in this environment. Right. Um, and you have to walk off. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you, you're chatting with the people and like you're like things are still the tape is still rolling a bit. So that was kind of funny because I'm like, OK, I just need to get more comfortable with like the switching brain modes to Q&A mode after. And like you, you can't you can't stop that like endorphin dump. Mm. You just can like, I guess, get better at reacting to it. But I found that interesting. I have so many questions. 
because okay so how natural was it for you to be walking around and like your hands were you stiff at the beginning like I know you practiced it but how you know like did that like really reflect when you were actually in the presentation or not yeah I would say I was happy there were like two things that caused me to stay pretty anchored to the like stand and my laptop in general the first is my clicker stopped working randomly and I went and checked it was because I got the low battery notification on my laptop and then the second time I got drawn back the laptop is why did my slides go blank oh my battery just died oh my god I do feel like there were moments where as I was starting to get like more loose and comfortable Mm-hmm. just like being on a kind of there were things I had to address that like tethered me back to just the podium section um the part of my brain that's like trying to improve I wasn't the loosest presenter in the world I wasn't like the best with my hands and stuff but and this is where I have a hard time being able to like objectively judge myself because just the way I think in terms of it like th- I mostly noticed the things I wanted to get better at, but at least from what I could tell, mm-hmm. I think I did an okay job of right. not being behind a podium. Like I want to get better at it. I'm forward focused on it, but I do think I did like an okay job of like pointing at the slides. Like if I'm talking about points, like being like the one, two, three, like trying to use my mm-hmm. hands more. And it was something that I did have to adjust to, but I do think given my background it was like good first steps I would probably phrase it as like in the right direction what about um making eye contact did you make eye contact with people or not really I did like that's something that I think I'm I was decent about in college too during presentations I was not a good presentation giver and hated it in college but so much the whole like look at the crowd scan the crowd like make sure you're not just only focusing on one section I did that pretty decently people talk about making direct eye contact with specific people just to make them feel like you're talking to them Mm -hmm. I did good with the scanning part I could be better about say getting those intimate moments and something that uh I think Ron told me this one again like two like months ago he's like if you could tell that there are certain people who quote unquote like are checking out a bit mm-hmm. if you make eye contact with them and like that's one of the people you target with like the eye contact that will kind of like get them back into it because it's no longer and I, I noticed professors doing that in college too mm-hmm. it's like it's no longer them going I'm looking at a tv screen and I'm not like an active part of this you remind the audience by the scanning, the looking at specific people. That's like, no, you're part of this experience. You're not on TikTok right now, like kind of thing. Like this is a two-way s- street. Yeah. Um, what about, was it the first time you meeting um, Jeff in person or have you met him before? Jeff wasn't there. It was my first oh. time. I got to meet uh, Michelle Malker though. She was there in person. Okay. It was Michelle, and then I believe I know one of them was 
I think the other two guys there were sale, like both salespeople. I know one of them was like definitely like a sales VP or something. I think the other one might have been around there too. Uh, those were the three Oracle people, I believe, who were there at the event. And there was a bunch of like DB, um, like database product managers from all over who were also uh, like logged into the conversation on like oh, it wasn't Zoom. It was some other platform like on oh. like the video conferencing. So we had the people in the audience at the company. We had like the four of us on the Oracle side there in person. And then we had other people, the company from all over who were also listening in on the webcast. And then we had the Oracle people who weren't able to be there in person who were presenting over the webcast too. Right. So you know how we started in COVID, right? So for example, me, I haven't met any of my coworkers, to be honest. How did you approach the saying hi to people? How do you meet people in person? From work, because I feel like I would be so awkward. Like I would probably try to go for a hug, but then I'm like, that's not appropriate. Like, you know what I mean? Like what is appropriate, Uh you know? No. Yeah. I've been worried about that, especially because like, I like, I like being a hugger. So for me, like I am not comfortable with handshakes. I feel like I go for the handshake more Mm -hmm. than like I need to because it's like safer. Right. Um, I, by the time I arrived, this was like a multi-hour event and I got there like 10 minutes late because it was like 50, 50 minutes of traffic more than I was expecting. And that's like even on top of putting in traffic time. Um, I didn't present for a couple hours later. So like I came into the auditorium that we were in and like everyone was already kind of situated. So I didn't really get the before experience. It was kind of funny, though, because like the person from the company who was having the event, we were walking like there was this really long hallway like it was like movie comically long hallways that we had to go down to get from the front door to where the auditorium was mm-hmm. and like he was this like older dude like let's call him like a parent age like a dad who's i don't know if he was like a dad or not but like let's say like <laughs> dad who has kids maybe that elementary to high school age type thing I think that's I think that's broad enough where <laughs> I don't have to guess his age and potentially like go down that rabbit hole where you can still get a gist. Like there was a couple decades of like a difference in us. So mm-hmm. I mean, there was like it was just him like kind of walking me like where to spot like being nice, especially because there's no way in hell else. <laughs> I think from a security standpoint, I wasn't allowed to, and also from like a navigation standpoint, like there's no way I could have figured that out on my own. Um, it was like small talk like it wasn't like I wasn't talking to you or anything where it's like we're best friends right off the bat but we both like made the effort we were both just like oh like asking about this and this and yeah it's like we had a bit of like the generational gap so it's not like we're gonna have all the same interests but like I thought like I thought it was a pleasant experience where she's like oh like got to meet a new person got to learn a little bit more after the presentation I got to meet some of the people at the company too like there was a little bit of chatting with Michelle um, and some of like the other Oracle people and that like company people in a circle. And then after that, this was a multi-day of, this was like a two-day event for Michelle. And there was like a downtime period where 
I think everyone kind of like went their separate ways for a little bit. Uh, but that was like when I left because I had to make the drive back to Austin and I was there for day two. So it was interesting kind of getting back into that in-person socialization mode a little bit, but it wasn't like the most intense socialization. It's not, it's not like we all went out to dinner or something. Right, right. Yeah. I feel like I'm just like, I mean, I'm not worried, but I'm like curious to see how I'm going to react when mm -hmm. I like meet my, you know, my team in person one day, hopefully. Who knows, you know? <laughs> and like, I just know I'm an awkward person, you know? So <laughs> I might go for a hug, but then I, I think I'm just going to be conscious and I'm going to be like, we're in a professional setting, you know? Like, I'm not going to go for a hug, you know? Yeah, I feel like, no, <laughs> I will probably go for a hug with Jeff. Um, I don't, I'll probably go... <laughs> I'll get to meet um, Chris with a C, my like teammate Chris uh -huh. at Cloud World, and also my VP Chris, Chris with a K. Jeff won't be at the Cloud World. I oh. feel like teammate Chris and Jeff, I'm at the point where I'm you probably going to go for the hug whether they like it or not. I feel a little bit, I don't know, maybe Chris with a K likes hugs it just, it just gets back to him and he wants a hug and I, wants to give me this is a heads up okay yeah we'll if go he for wants the to extend a formal invitation for me to hug in that cloud world like i'll do it but i'm not gonna go like hug my vp the first time i meet him right but no i feel like we're we're both kind of similar in that way where it's like we like being informal and like authentic but we're also scared where we don't want to we're, we would rather be less risk averse until mm -hmm. we get comfortable and like 100%. you know what I'd rather like not take the chance on something be too being too presumptuous yeah but once we kind of get the feel for a person because that's <laughs> Montana and I have talked about this and like just like close friends I feel like the way that I approach the world <laughs> is I have like I kind of like evaluate people and a lot of it comes down to getting to know them better and have more information where I'm like this person can handle like this level of Zach this yeah. person like this you're one you're toning it down a little yeah. bit <laughs> and then there's some like very specific people where it's like you get the full unhinged Zach and there's like three of you in the world and <laughs> I trust that you won't like report me to like a mental hospital or something <laughs> no I feel you I think that's kind of how I am too. So, mm -hmm. no, it's just weird that we have to think about these things, you know, since we were like COVID corporate people, you know? That No, yeah. Like, and what are your thoughts on that? Because I have wondered where at first part of me was wondering, I'm like, did I just get like really socially awkward during COVID? Yeah. And it's like the reason I'm overthinking about this is because it's like we don't get we came out in an environment where for like two years we did not get consistent in-person mm -hmm. socialization. But then I remind myself, I'm like, there's might be a little bit about like of that, but I've always kind of been a hermit who mm -hmm. likes to kind of like be polite and yeah. I've I've gotten more comfortable showing my like true, let's call it like quote unquote true self to the world like since doing public things like in general but I've always been I would say my default has been like polite like kind I want like to communicate mm -hmm. that's like I genuinely just like want to be nice if you're nice right but like kind of more reserved mm -hmm. but 
the more that I think about it, I do think a lot of it's just we didn't have to worry about this stuff. Like, at least for me, if there's a COVID component, but I, at least in my journey, I think it's more like just getting used to being an adult and mm-hmm. just existing in the business world. Yeah. Like, that's why we're thinking about it. It's like, oh, it's not it's not too weird. It's like this is kind of just part of being your 20s. Like, you you will be thinking about these things a lot because you're being confronted with stuff that you didn't have to react to in a way when yeah. you were younger, let's say college and earlier. Part of that is just because you weren't put in those situations. Part of it was like also like, oh, people expected like a kid or a teenager's level of response to that. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm doing things and I have like real responsibility, I can't like I have to like like grow up a little bit, I guess. And yeah. like part of that process, you're trying to like figuring like you're trying to figure things out too. And like who am I gonna who am I gonna be in this world that I'm now emerging into? Exactly. I feel like definitely COVID did change our experience a little bit, at least getting into Oracle, for example, because we were part of a cohort. Like (laughs) the normal situation would have been for all of us to move to Austin, be there in our first day of work, you know, and set the tone without having all of these maybe awkward situations now, because now we're meeting people one by one. We're not in a cohort anymore, you know? And these are people that have already been in this corporate world, you know, in this professional business world for a longer time than us. Mm-hmm. So we are like, at least me, well, like I did work in a in an office, but it was a way smaller office, right? So now it is totally different for me because I've never really met any of my coworkers in person. I've met Thea, right? But she's not my coworker anymore. And we gave a hug, like, you know, we're girls. We, it was like informal, you know, it's like a friend type of thing. So it wasn't as serious, right? But like meeting my manager or something like that, it is different than if, if we would have met during our cohort times because everyone, like you kind of like get the, hey, everyone is actually shaking hands. So of course I'm not going to be giving you a hug if everyone's shaking hands, you know? And you know what's funny? Like all of this conversation reminded me of when I came to the U.S. So in Spain, we give two kisses when mm-hmm. when we say hi, right? And in here, people started hugging me. And I was like, that is so, like, so, so much, you know? Like, I'm like, I don't even know you're, you're hugging me, you know? But then imagine that, like, for me, a hug was, like, so much, like, so intimate. Like, you were so close to me you know that was more intimate culturally for you than uh, kisses than giving a ki- I, I, I can't even like i can't even like do that like i know what you're talking about that like reading like mama yeah. i couldn't do that to montana without feeling awkward because it's just such like a not something that you do thing like yeah even your own girlfriend <laughs> it's just like it, it's not something that you're taught yeah that is weird right now mm-hmm. now i go back to spain and I forget and I give people two kisses and a hug. Imagine mm-hmm. that, you know, a hu- two kisses and a hug, you know? You're like, wow, like at least buy me dinner first. They're like, <laughs> right, right. So it's like, it is so weird. And I don't know, like, that's why I feel like I'm like, damn, I, I have to make sure that I say hi the correct way, you know, because I feel some type of way when someone gave me a hug at the beginning, you know? <laughs> 
I need I need someone to teach me how to like do a good handshake too. Like I feel like my handshake is passable, <laughs> but like- I've never. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like doing like the limp. Like this isn't as bad as a lot of people, but it's I don't have a handshake game plan. Like, like- I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand giving a handshake like <laughs> the way to the level that I should. And I I'm always it's like it's also weird too because it's like I'm six foot five and I don't know my own strength so. I actually, I feel like I, I'm always worried if I'm like not paying attention, I'm squeezing too hard or if I'm too focused on it, I'm like too like wavy about it. Cause like, I don't know the <laughs> proper level. Someone needs to, can someone help me with that? Like, I just need like a solid half hour of like handshake after handshake. And while we're there, if you know it, like if you could teach me the cool ones where we like lock our fingers and all that, <laughs> I, it's actually, I, I need like. <laughs> I need a master class. Like someone give me a TED talk, but like an in-person coaching for it. Is that a thing at work too? Can you do like the, <laughs> you know? I can't do that stuff. It's like, I was always bad about it. I played basketball growing up. So like, I don't know. The environment with that was they like the whole like can yeah. shit. <laughs> I survived. Everyone knew I wasn't good at it. It just got left at that. White boy can't jump, whatever. <laughs> yeah, honestly, people in college, like teachers in college, should should teach you this, you know, mm-hmm. because it is important. Like, you don't know how strong you have to be, you know. Like, I don't know, it's important. And someone tell me what Riz is while we're at it too. The kids are saying Riz. that these days. Apparently, like Riz is the new word. Is that true? I'm gonna Google this to make sure I'm not losing my mind. Rizz? Riz, like R-I-Z-Z. Kids want to know if you've got the Riz and if things are cap or no cap. I feel like a boomer. Like I don't like I went through the like I went through the couple years leading up to this where it's like, oh, I understand what's going on, but that's not who I am. I'm at the point where it's like, I don't even know what you people are talking about, and I'm 26. It's scary. That is actually scary when you realize you don't understand plus it's already hard for me to understand English slang to now have to learn new slang. Yeah, this I've had my whole life to like stay on top of this. And <laughs> you fall behind. I don't think I have Riz. It's like I don't think I have Riz. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what Riz is. You think you don't have it? I just did a quick Google search. Riz, yeah, Riz is a thing. I think it's like level of like being like cool like your suaviness like being able to be like nonchalantly like charismatic well yeah i think i have my charisma but i feel like my charisma is more like unhinged monkey with tambourines it's like that's (laughs) like that's when i'm at my best (laughs) that doesn't sound very riz like i don't think people would think that's riz (laughs) nowadays i'm sorry I feel like my spirit animal is like Austin Powers. Like, I just want to like run around and be wild. <laughs> I feel like we all do, though. Low key. <laughs> we all do. We just don't say it. You you said it. Good for you. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well. Sure. Yeah. Is there anything else we, how long have we been going? Is there anything else we want to touch on? I think, no, I don't have anything else. 
but it was a good catch up honestly I, know. I feel like it's... i've already learned a lot with like the in-person presentation i'll definitely hit you up when i have that no do it like that's something where i like bouncing stuff off of you too because it gets me thinking yeah. about it as well i know it'll be it'll be exciting when we can finally because mm, yeah nelly was on the mm -hmm the dallas like she was presenting virtually for the dallas customer event i was on it'll be cool if they start sending us at some point i know they're not doing crazy amount of travel that mm -hmm. was more kind of like if you can drive it'd be cool if you're there but right. if we could start like going places and us both presenting on it because seems like a lot of these like db like database presentations mm -hmm. we're getting hit on the database tool side of our stuff and the analytics of you guys and they tend to wrap those up into similar events definitely <laughs> yeah hopefully if not we just have to plan a trip or something yeah no i definitely want to have uh you and your boyfriend come and like spend yeah. like a weekend or a week with me in montana and we can show you around austin yeah That'd be really exciting yeah we need to plan something like that or you guys come to miami miami's fun <laughs> no i want to i haven't done miami all I know about Miami is essentially Burn Notice. I enjoyed that show growing up. Burn Notice? I've never heard of that, but... It's like a spy show. It was pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> it was like this dude was like a spy in Miami. That's, that's, that's my true sense on that. Oh, I should probably plug my stuff too, uh, because next time we do this podcast, we'll be mm -hmm. after Cloud World. So um, yeah, I'll be giving three presentations. Let me... I don't even need to pull it up. I know what it is. Um... So there'll be three events. One's just a pure presentation, and then I'll be doing two workshops. The workshop is going to be, it's called Take Control of Your Database with Automated Schema Changes. That's my big, yeah, let me just pull up the calendar so I can see how long the times are for each of them, actually. Because, da, da, da. Yeah, and I can let everyone know what days they are as well. Okay, so Cloud World schedule. Okay, yeah, so this is my schedule. I'll be helping with some demo booths of different teams as well. So along with, I think we'll have a database tools booth too. So you'll see me around for that if you're at Cloud World. Mm -hmm. For the sessions I'll be presenting at on Wednesday, my first session is from 9.45 to 10.30 a.m., Unlock the power of command line database development with SQL CL. That's basically the polished version of that webinar that I gave last week. That's going to be just like your simple 45 minute. I give a presentation Q&A afterwards. Really excited about that material. That should be pretty cool to finalize. Then the same day, Wednesday, the 20th. I have deploy Oracle Apex apps in the time it takes to make your morning coffee. That's from 1.35 p.m. to 1.55 p.m. That's going to be my community theater session. What that is, is the way it's been described to me is like, it's kind of like carnival barker style where they're giving us the space and we're kind of having these like little mini bite-sized sections where it's like, oh, learn in 20 minutes how to do this Oracle tech thing, learn how to do this one. The one that I'll be showing for that is with SQL CL Liquibase. I'll be showing how like literally in minutes you can do a full stack development project deployment 
which includes like using Liquibase to deploy to a new database from the files, uh, an Apex application. Apex is our low-code development platform for building mobile and web applications. Um, so this development project you'll be deploying super quickly is an Apex app, all of the database objects for it. So like your tables, procedures, constraints, all of the data for it. And then also the Oracle REST APIs. So your APIs to connect your data to your application. Um, yeah, 20 minute session. I'll be showing you how you can deploy super quickly all those components. And then all of it will come together with an application that uses all of those different aspects on it just to show you like the power of development projects and just making that stuff super available and easy to use. Um, and then my final session is Thursday, the 21st. This is my big hands-on lab workshop. That's take control of your database with automated schema changes. Um, yeah, Thursday, 21st, 12.30 PM to 2 PM. That's going to be my big like overview to SQL CL Liquibase, talking about all the fundamental concepts, walking you through some like basic use cases. I have a nice little customer story scenario to wrap everything in. So two workshops, one's a big hour, yeah, hour and a half. One's a little baby 20 minute one, and then a 45 minute talk. Oh my God. That should be my so schedule. Sessions. I know it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm not. I'm not scared right now, which is good. I've been scared for like the past two months. That's why I think I'm kind of like in the eye of the storm where it's like, I'm probably gonna get scared again before it, but I'm still riding off my like webinar high where I'm like, if that didn't like kill me, I'm like, I'm still fine. standing. Yeah. So No, you're going to be fine. Should be fine. I, but yeah, I'm excited. Montana and I are taking a couple days after she had hotel points. So we'll be staying in Vegas. So I'll get to experience Vegas for the first time too. I'll be like probably so tunnel vision during cloud world that I don't know. Like I'm hoping I have fun with it, but yeah. I'm kind of going at it with the approach of like, we're here to do a mission type thing. Definitely. Definitely. And don't forget to look into the gold city passes for, for attractions. Gold city passes. Gold city. I think What's it that? You remember I sent you that for Vegas that it's, it's a pass where you pay, you pay, I don't know. It depends. Like you can do unlimited um, attractions or you can do um, like a number of attractions and it's cheaper because every, I mean, I love doing attractions, right? Like I love, I went to the Marvel um, museum. I did the roller coaster in New York, New York, the, the hotel. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of things that you can do. I don't remember anymore. Oh, I did the the fairy wheel. I think it's called um, in Link, and it, it's like it gets expensive if you're trying to do a lot of those things. But mm -hmm. if you have the pass, you do save a lot of money. Okay, yeah, so, that's good to know. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you should definitely do that. There's just so much to do in Vegas, and it's so overwhelming. I'm so excited. overwhelming but yeah it, it's really cool i used to be super into poker but i'm not i'm not i part of me is like do i play in vegas i'm like no i have not it's kind of like chess i used to be really good but i haven't practiced in the hot sec so my skill level's gone down and especially for vegas i'm like i i will not have any kind of edge 
I'm yeah. excited to play blackjack. I enjoy blackjack. Oh, I love blackjack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. We 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 gave ourselves a cap. We were like, if we lose up to this money, we're like walking away because yeah. it's so hard. <laughs> you have to go into the plan. Like I've gambled at yeah. a couple like casinos before. If you're just like, I'm spending this money and I'm okay with that, yep. that's how you keep exactly. it fun. Exactly. Do they like like do you get free drinks when you're playing games in Vegas? Like if I'm at the blackjack table, is is that like a thing? I want to, I don't remember. I know that that is a thing in um in Colorado, uh-huh. but I don't remember. I feel like we didn't. I think we already sat in the table with a drink. So I don't remember that happening, to be honest. It honestly doesn't even make that much of a difference. I just like the idea of that aesthetic of me sitting at the blackjack table like drinking my margarita slowly getting worse and worse (laughs) that's when you don't follow your plan of i'm fine with (laughs) losing this amount of money i feel like i'll be pretty good about that i'll just be like this is the cash i'm keeping on me today (laughs) it is what it is exactly um do we know if there's going to be any like digital passes for oracle cloud world I'm almost positive there's some there's some kind of digital aspect to it because you made content for that right yeah Yeah. so I do have an on-demand session it's called um making the right connections and I really like that um example I think it makes it super simple to understand graphs and we are introducing you know um 23c so it is I think it's a a good you know session definitely A, a good short session yeah, that'd be cool to check out. Um, yeah, I don't know any specific know like information on that, so I don't want to misspeak, but I'm sure people just like Google Oracle Cloud World digital content, they should be able mm-hmm. to find it, hopefully. Right. I just wonder if it's like a, a different pass where you don't have to go in person, you know, but like you yeah. get access to content. I don't know how that works, but I think we probably do have something like that. Like you don't like if you can't make it to Cloud World in person. At least you can get the digital pass. I'd assume so. Yeah. Well, I yeah. Think we're Technically good. managing episode 14. It's good <laughs> seeing you, everyone. everyone. Bye. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>